Thanks for joining us today. At City Life, we have one purpose, making it easy for people to say yes to Jesus. We believe today's message will empower you to do exactly that. But remember that church is so much more than a sermon you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life. This morning, I just want to speak over your life. And uh, I want to really bring a word, and um, a word that I believe is for you and those that are in your world. And um, when we landed in Montreal, uh, I made a friend, which was so good to make a friend. And she was a pastor in the city. And it took this gorgeous um, Buddhist woman, a mum at the school gate, to say, I think I know another Christian in this city. And so she had us over, and we became the best of friends friends and just kept this great relationship with my um, girlfriend as well who um, had introduced us. And so we started running and um, I don't think I've told you this story because it happened after I was here visiting, but we started running in the mornings early and it was like the middle of winter and it's pretty cold in Montreal as well. And we'd meet at like 4.45 a.m. or something crazy like that and train for a half half marathon. And so what we would do is we would run the city streets and then we would go to a hot yoga class because it was so cold so then we jump into a yoga class and so one day we were running and I'm like oh my gosh it just smells like like there's a gas leak here in this city and um, I hope everything's going to be okay and we'd run another block and then another block and then another block and I could smell it and I could continue to smell it and I got really worried about what was happening in our city in our city, like, was it going to be an explosion underground and where's the gas? And I was new to the city and what would we do? And, and then we go into the hot yoga class and we're there and it's now we're, we've gone from freezing to now we're all warm. And, you know, in the hot yoga class, it's like, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Don't be afraid, the yoga instructor says, to take up all your space in here. So I'm breathing in, breathing out. And I'm like, this smell is worse in here than it is outside. And I'm like, this is terrible. I've got people around me and I'm like, they must be able to smell it too. I don't know if we should stay around here. So then I go home, I'm in my car um, and I walk in and I can smell it in my house and then my kids can smell it in my house and then I get them in the car and they can smell it in the car. Then I drop them to the school and then I come back home to the Canadian friend that I had who was at our house, one of our new team members, and he was there ready to start his day of work. And I walk in the front door of my house and he's like, you smell like skunk. And I'm like, what? And he goes, you've you've been sprayed by a skunk. It's all over you. And I'm like, is that what it is? And then my friend goes home and she, her, husband, she, her husband says the same thing to her. And then, um, and then he, she's telling him the story and he said, at what point everywhere you went that the smell was, did you not think it could be you? <laughs> and that day... I learned something about Canada. The smell of skunk does not come out very easily of outfits, of hair, of the car. It cost me $450 to clean that car just to get that smell out. Anyway, and then my kids were so like teased at school that day because they smelled of skunk from being in my car. Anyway. (laughs) I want to know, what is it that you carry around with you? 
What is it in your life? What is it in my life? Five years on in a, in a place that has not been the easiest of the last five years. What is it, the awe and the wonder that I began with? What is it now that I carry on me, that I carry in me around the world that we're called to live? People are going to breathe in something from us. People are going to catch something on us. And I just want to declare over you that you are called to carry the glory of God. It's on you. It's in you. You may not yet know Jesus, but you were already designed by a glorious God with glorious plans for your life to know your, these plans that he has for you, they are for your good and for his glory. And so this morning, I just want to talk about a man in the Bible. We find him in the Old Testament. His name is Moses, Big Mo, and he was leading people. He was leading people into uh, what was known in those days as the place God had promised them. You and I, we are on a journey as there, there's promises as you get to know Him. You know, open up the Scriptures. You know, open up the Bible and you may not know where to start. You're going to ask someone here where to start. But all I can tell you is it is not a book of everything you've done wrong. It's a love letter of every reason you're right. <laughs> every reason why you were designed by God for right living, for great purpose on your life. It's like an invitation and a love letter. So he was leading these people towards a place. Now these promises are not a place for us. It's a way of living life. And he was um, insecure. He was full of fear. He felt inadequate. He didn't believe he could influence. And I'm not sure how 2020 has started for you. But I know there would be people in here second-guessing their ability to carry anything that could influence, anything on you. And so this morning, we're going to just be in Exodus 33 for a moment. And as he was feeling overwhelmed about his responsibilities, God was teaching him how to take his eyes um, off the, the, the people and the situation and this the kind of presentness of how hard it was wandering in the wilderness, the Bible says. And so he turns and he says to God, would you show me your glory? Like, I only want to go where you're going. I only want to be um, where you are. Would you show me your glory? And the Lord replied to him this interesting statement. He replied, yes, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will call out my name, the Lord, to you. You will hear my voice and you will see my goodness. See, I don't know about you in Christianity, but the word glory can feel a little bit like religious. Like, what does it mean? What is it? And I just love that God in his love for humans and love for an insecure leader said, yeah, you've asked for a great spiritual word and I know your heart, but I'm going to make it real for you. I'm going to make it so real, so practical. You, you're going to know what goodness is. And I know this house 
this church for all the celebration of this last season. You've been through some of the darkest grief and loss and questions and mystery and wondering. And some of you would be wondering and questioning the goodness of God. And through pain and and seasons and longer than what you expected seasons in your life, you may be questioning, is God good? And so I want to just show you a few of the meanings of this word. Is that okay? So that you would just get it into your heart and your spirit this morning. And as you begin to see and recognize what God is showing you and putting on you and growing up from within you, you will carry that wherever God would call you. Leading people, influencing, loving your neighbor. Walking around a city, going into a hot yoga, I pray it's not a skunk. I pray it's the goodness of God. And so here's the four actual definitions of the word glory and the word goodness that God responded with. They're going to come up on the screen. It's a, um, it's a word, D-O-X-A, and it, 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 it's another word for glory. It's a Hebrew word for glory, and it And it really reveals God. It's like, I need to know God in flesh. And of course, we know that in the New Testament, when Jesus was born, this is exactly, it's like God became flesh flesh and dwelt among us. We needed tangible. So God needed to take this word glory and at least make it practical before his son Jesus was going to come. So the first thought is this, the glory of God. It means honor and praise and respect and adoration given to to God, everything good about God, our eyes open up to. Everything good about God, our eyes open up to. Do you know the, the awe and the wonder around the life you live? I'm not sure if you've created a discipline or a spiritual practice, but in the world of comparison, in the world of scrolling, first of all, we don't look up enough. We do not look up enough. And secondly, we don't look out enough. We don't look in the eyes of another human being and see the glory of God in them. We don't look up and look out. I come to your city and I look and for all the weather that we're dealing with right now and the way our eyes need to be down and like just survive when we're outside. Just looking up and looking out and seeing the glory of God in creation. Seeing the good through the weather. What is the beauty and the wonder of it? What are you seeing with eyes of wonder? Everything that God has created is good. The first thing that Moses is asking is, would you show me everything that is good about you and good about this situation and good about the person I can't see good in right now? Would you show that to me first so that my eyes may actually experience your goodness. Maybe you've been raised believing God is not good. Maybe you've been raised to hear all like these words, holy and easily angered and hard to please. And maybe your expectation of Him is not that there is goodness towards you, but good is His character and good is what He does 
and good is who He is. I'm learning in the middle of my deepest questioning, the mystery of loss, the, the pain of losing a child, the, the, the journey we've been on, the questions, the battles in my girls' lives right now with mental health and different um, dynamics that go on in our world. I am learning to refuse to believe that I need to diminish my God to the level of the experience that is happening around me, that I would continue to trust that He is good. And when I see Him as good, I lift my eyes up because I'm looking for good. I'm looking for Him. And I'll tell you the key to discovering this dynamic of His goodness is praise. It's not a fast song. Is a sacrificial, I will praise you, yet David always says in the psalm, I will praise you. But however, yet, like he doesn't say, he gets real. He says it's hard. He says it's painful. He gives every expression to true emotion and feeling. And there's like a hundred feeling words right now that you should learn because just good or not good is not enough. Like you need to be able to go, I really feel this. I'm not gonna numb myself. I need to feel the pain. I need to feel the anger. I need to feel the questioning. And yet, and but, I trust that God is good. It's like a, it's a discipline to praise through it, the journey, amen. The glory of God is His goodness. The second thought here this morning is, the glory of God is like an inheritance of everything that God owns that becomes ours. It's easy to just go, it's all God's and He's just good. But here, another definition of the glory of God is the inheritance of everything the kingdom has that becomes our possession including wealth, including property, including recognition. God says, how will, Moses asked God in this scripture, how will anyone know we are different and special and favoured? And God says, I will let my goodness pass by you. And pass by you is not, I'll tease you with it. Pass by is literally that word come on you. It's like a, it's, it's the skunk word. <laughs> it's not just around me, now it's on me, now it's in my hair, now it's everywhere I go, now it's on the car I drive, now it's on my children. And this is what this word, it's like not just a pass by tease, it's like you're going to brush up against it and you're gonna get what I have. And all the more, he was prophesying into a future where Christ would be in us, the hope of glory, hope of God's goodness on the planet is gonna be in you and I. You know, David, he, he again convinces himself, yet I'm confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. This root word that comes from the word glory, it, 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 it's a hard one to kind of um, navigate because let's be honest, here in Canada, the word prosperity can be a little bit like a swear word, right? And, and yet prosperity is 
prosperity of soul, prosperity of mind, prosperity of heart that bleeds out into other areas of our life. And it's never just for us. It's never that we would inherit these things only to keep them for ourselves. But how will someone else know a good God if we don't have something to give to them? If we don't have something to give away to them? And how would they truly know how much God loves them if we cannot come alongside with however God is prospering us and continue to build it generationally so that we can continue to give it away? There's something about the, 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 the sacrifice, the, the means you've had to sow into this building. This is not just for now. This is for the generations to be set up for, for years and years and years, praying that they will get the same revelation of giving away what they have. I love that. It may be a mindset shift for you to trust God as good, ready to give you His goodness. But I would ask that this year you begin to continue to retrain an expectation and a mindset that He wants to bless you because He trusts you to be a faithful steward of that in your life. Amen. And the third thought here this morning is the glory of God is also when Moses says, show me your glory. He is actually also having a conversation with God that says, if you show me your glory, I'm going to know who I am. And so God says, your, my goodness will pass by you. But here another definition of this word is the goodness that God sees in humankind. It says here that we would become the object of His highest regard and praise. So the same awe and wonder that was point one, that we would look and see in creation and humans, the glory of God, the goodness of God. Now God points it back on you like a mirror. You know, in the New Testament, it talks about the fact that we look in a mirror and we are transformed by this glory. We're transformed by this goodness to see who we really are because God sees us as good. Like, do you believe that? You look in the mirror and you see everything wrong with you. But when God sees you and He sees how He created you, He said of humanity, it is good. It is glory. When He looks at you, He sees you as delightful. You know, God says, it says in all Scripture, like God, all the Old Testament right through, that God would give us a new heart, new orientation, new way, all the, all the reason why you think you're not good. When you find Jesus Christ, He replaces that dead heart that orients towards everything sinful and doesn't just do bad things, but literally orients that way. And He replaces it with a clean heart and a new heart that orients now towards God, that orients towards everything that is good, not with musts and not with shoulds and not with oughts and not with oblig obligations, but with a desire. 
and there's always a wrestling that goes on, but every time God sees you, He sees you through the eyes of His beloved Son, and He is good. Do you know if we do not see this goodness in ourselves, we will never be able to see it in another person. I'm parenting teenagers right now. (laughs) Girl teenagers, four of them, three of them are teenagers. And my third one is like, full-blown, like, 13-year-old teenager, and my older two are like, what is with her? I'm like, are you for real? Yours was two years ago. How do you forget this? (laughs) So then I got my, like, nine-year-old, 10-year-old, can you never, ever become a teenager? (laughs) they're, They're amazing, but we are seriously all on a journey. And I'm telling you what is happening in my world right now is God is challenging me. The only reason you're responding them to like that is because you don't see how I see you. And every time you shame and every time you, like for sure, discipline, correct, disciple your kids. But let it come from a revelation of how loved you already are. And don't see what they do as a reflection of your failings. My gosh, there is so much I'm learning about how God sees me and you. Larry Crabb, an incredible um, man who, who I love the statements made this morning. Let's not just sit in chairs facing a stage, but let's turn our chairs and face one another. He wrote these phenomenal books on connecting and the power of community. And he says this, we need for healing community to exist in our world We need to have a taste of Christ delighting in us. Delighting, like delighting in you, rejoicing over you, the scriptures say. Delighting. And then we need to do a diligent search for what is good. And then we need to do an engaging, relational exposure of what is bad or painful because it's in a safe environment of love. The good can, um, when the good is there and Andrew highlights what is good about me, then the bad just longs to become better, right? And when we see discipleship like that, it changes everything and the team can come. The last definition of this word doxa, it includes an idea of the depth and intensity of God drawn out and manifested in an outward appearance and action that catches the eye. It's like it, it, goodness cannot just be like a feeling. It's like there's something on you that reveals the goodness of God. It's not just in you. The the glory of God that's coming out in the way you're living your life, the way you're going to work, the way you're coming alongside your colleagues, the dreams you have for business, the, the, the school environments that you are in, it's not, it leaks out of you. It's actually not something you have to strive to try and do. It's a natural response to understanding God is good. There's goodness within me 
and it's just going to leak out and it's going to go around every corner of the street. Like I just said, you're going to remember forever this illustration of what it's like to have skunk sprayed on you. But I pray that's what your encounters with God would be like. I receive, I receive, I receive your goodness. It passes by me. Now it's in me because of your son. But now it doesn't just remain in me. It's eye-catching to others. It's a distinctiveness. I have an Aussie accent, so Quebecois don't hate me. I really do. It's a favour. It's a favour thing. Trust me. Because I have American friends. And when they open their mouth in Montreal, they don't get favour. And when some other Canadians come to Quebec, they don't necessarily get favour. Not all the time. I'm being extreme. But, but there's a favour on my accent. I think it's why God has called us there because I don't know French yet. And then it's embarrassing because they're like, how long have you been here for? Because I still sound so Aussie. And they're like, I'm like, five years? And then now I've got no favour after five years of... I'm just trying to like see our family thrive and Andrew's doing amazing and my kids are bilingual and one of them's in a French high school, French elementary. They're doing incredible. However, there's favour on that. And favour is obvious. Favour is, um, is it's just obvious. It, it, it's embarrassing nearly, right? I was the teacher's favourite at school. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. But my, my friends were like, what, the, what is that? Where did, why? And it's actually sometimes something you want to shy away from. But I'm really believing that as you carry this revelation of goodness into your 2020, it's not an arrogance. It's just an expectation. God, as your goodness is in me, as your goodness is on me, it's going to open up doors for me because you want me in places of influence. You want me in places of opportunity. You want me to be favoured even in the crowd, even with my neighbour who's just angry at me because of where I, um, I park my car when the snow's all up the side. <laughs> I'm going to just believe for favour over that relationship. I'm going to believe that they'll see the goodness of God in me. And yeah, I'll probably need to respond differently, but it's a natural favour that is on me. And that's what the glory of God is in a person. It's like, it's like, there's something in you. It's unique, it's different, and you stand out because of it. And so City Life, over your 2020, I declare the goodness of God over your journey so far, over the, the, the celebrations, over the losses, over the mystery, over the challenges, over how your 2020 has actually turned over this year, I declare the goodness of God over you, over all that you are called to put your hand to and all that's in your heart. And I'd love to pray this over you. If you just close your eyes. It's in Ephesians. And it says, For God, we are God's own handiwork. And I declare over everyone in this room 
that we are God's own handiwork, recreated in Christ Jesus and born anew with that new heart, that we may do those good works which God has predestined and planned for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. I declare the goodness of God in the land of the living in Jesus' name. Will you just keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed for a moment? It would be really hard to acknowledge goodness without realising that the Saviour of the world died to replace this heart that you know doesn't incline towards good and give you a brand new heart, a brand new spirit. The Bible says you can become born again and all your orientation changes and not just that. He will throw your past as far as the east is from the west. Jesus hung on the cross and died a death that you will never have to die. Separated Himself from goodness and glory of the Father so that you and I would truly know how to live our life and orient our desires in a way that gives Him glory. You were designed with a plan and a purpose in mind and the ultimate purpose of your whole entire life was to be in right relationship with God the Father through Christ Jesus. And if you say, Vanessa, I've never acknowledged my need of Jesus, or I have, but today, like a prodigal, I want to come home, not to a local church, into the presence of a good, good God, a good, good Father running towards you right now. If you say, that's me, Vanessa, then I'm going to count to three. And on three, I'm going to ask you all over this place to raise your hand acknowledging your desire to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Saviour. This is for you. Often this is a moment where even youth will distinguish their own faith from their parents. This moment is yours. I really sense people today are going to come home. Let me count to three so you can raise your hand on three if you'd love to say yes to Jesus. One, two, three. Beautiful. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty plus people this morning saying yes to a good, good God. You can put your hands down and we're going to lead you in a prayer. This is the greatest honour and privilege of our life. And I'm going to say some words and you can say them after me. It's just to help you start this relationship with God. You'll then begin this journey yourself. But why don't we all pray together? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, for dying on the cross for my salvation. Today I acknowledge my need of you and I repent of my sin. And I ask you to be Lord of my life. And I thank you today 
that I am your beloved. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor as a church to play just a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to seeing you soon here at City Life.